Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Claret Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Evan Parker, and today we have special guest on, Michelle Lloyd from Preston. Michelle, how are you? I'm not so bad, thank you. Evan, yourself? Very good, thank you. So, Michelle, for the listeners who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Right, no problem. So, um, Michelle Lloyd, um, I'm a mother of two girls um, of 11 and 14 and I am a competitive powerlifter. Um, I got into it into my mid-30s and just fell in love with it and um, I have had my coach for say over three and a half years. Um, I got a rep gym in Preston which I love uh, so yeah, so um, never thought I would have been a powerlifter over five years ago. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's certainly uh, changed my life, so to say. I've uh, done three competitions so far. Would have had one in April, but obviously that got cancelled. So I very much can't wait to get on the platform, Evan. Love it, Michelle. So what what do you have any other hobbies except powerlifting? Um, I did have a dabble in pole dancing. Um, had a girl, I think, in March, which I loved. Um, obviously, with powerlifting being my main focus, I've just got to be a little bit careful of what I do. And I just thought something like pole dancing will complement it. But unfortunately, I've had to, for personal reasons and finance reasons, just take a step back from that. But I adore it. I absolutely loved pole dancing. It was amazing. Um, so that was something that I maybe would like to get back into. I love to walk. I can walk for miles. Um, my kids are not particularly keen on walking, but I drag them out every now and then. Um, and I do like to I do like to cycle as well. Um, but pretty much they're the only forms of cardio, to be honest, Evan. Um, so yeah, I do like to keep active, though, definitely. Awesome. So what what you'll find is we're the first. Well, you're the first powerlifter that we've had on the podcast at the moment. So it's fantastic to have you on today, especially with the experience that you've got. Now, with being female. Obviously, in your realm, you'll find this maybe minutely shocking, but in our realm, powerlifting to the general population sounds quite a masculine sport. So being a female, what sort of attracted you to powerlifting? Oh, right. Um, I firstly really enjoyed lifting weights. I just found there was just something really incredibly empowering about it. And obviously, it does change your body. And I just love the whole feel of it, the whole feel of feeling incredibly powerful. And um, and it was just, it was, I wanted to get into something um, when I started lifting weights. And it was, it, the thing is, we're going into powerlifting and it's, you know, it's you and the bar. That's it. It's just you and the bar on the day. And it was just something I kind of fell into, to be honest, um, just because I wanted to lift and powerlifting is all about lifting a particular way and doing it the best of your ability. Yeah, absolutely agree. And you, you touched before on um, on your coach that you've, you've had for a number of years now. Uh, oh. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about them and their background? 
Oh my gosh, um, I could go on. Um, so female coach, um, she is a, um, her name's Bobby Butters. I've been with her, ooh, let's have a look, uh, July 2017. I met her at the gym. I used to watch her in awe. Oh, oh, the the weight she could lift. She's um, a strength and conditioning coach. So when I kind of met her, she'd just finished her coach, sorry, her course, her university course. And um, I used to kind of watch her in awe, to be honest, um, as you can imagine, because the weight she could lift were amazing. And uh, we just kind of got talking one day um, and I ended up with a program of her, um, initially a six week program. And we carried on with this program. And then I finally said to her, look, I want to actually do something. I wanted more. I wanted you know, I loved lifting, but I wanted more. I didn't want to just lift weights. I wanted to compete as well and actually do something with it. Um, and so, and we've become really good friends as well. But she is, um, she competed in Worlds last year. She's a 50, she's now a 57 kilo lifter. Um, and she competed in Worlds last year. Yeah, was it last year? I think it was last year or <laughs> um could have been a year before I can't quite remember um and she came um third in her weight class that's phenomenal. Um, most likely she, competed the year before just based on lockdown but you never yeah, know yeah. really with events like even the bodybuilding events went on towards the back end of last year but everyone had to wear the masks and they weren't allowed any uh spectators in yeah, thinking about it, it was definitely 2019. In all honesty, Evan, I've totally lost yeah. track. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, and I know she, she did Euros as well, but, yeah, she it was a Canadian woman who came first, then an American woman. Um, but, the yeah, I'm in awe of her. The, the weight she can lift. Um, she went to the Europeans and she's won a few nationals. She's been doing it, um, I think she's been doing it about 10 years now. Yeah. Um, powerlifting. Um, so yeah, so she's uh, yeah, she's definitely my inspiration, absolutely, hundred and ten percent. So she comes um, as a highly recommended coach by yourself. Um, oh man! Yeah. So for the listeners who are looking at getting into powerlifting, want to take it a bit serious instead of just using someone as a training partner, where where could you find your coach on social media? What's her handles? You know, um, on Instagram, um, it's uh, Bobby Butters. Um, and it's spelled B-O-B-B-I-E-B-U-T-T-E-R-S. And she's also on Facebook. So, yeah, so you can find her definitely on there. And she's she posts a lot as well of her particular lifts. Uh, so if you want to check her out, guys, I would highly recommend if you want to get into powerlifting. She's amazing at what, she's, um, at what she does. Really, really well. would recommend her. I think just to surround yourself with more like-minded people and on a personal level in, in my sport, when I see somebody lift a weight or do something that's a massive feat in my eyes, it, all of a sudden it makes it achievable in my mind as well. If you see a human being do it, like even if they're lifting triple what you can, when you know that it's achievable, all of a sudden your aggression in the gym steps up again. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, it, it's, you know, I kind of look at her and think, well, okay, right, I can't do that way. You know, she's world class. You have got to take a step back a little bit, to be honest. But, you know, you've still got to look at your own progress as well. But, yeah, 
I think it is great to be able to inspire, you know, um, each other. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. So as a, um, as a random one then, what made you mm-hmm. choose powerlifting over bodybuilding if it was uh, lifting weights that you were so interested in? To be honest, I don't think I could have dealt with going on stage and somebody critiquing my body, in all honesty. Um, I, you know, I was overweight um, before I had my kids. So I'd still, you know, a few issues there. I didn't want some, you know, I didn't want to get on stage. And I would have personally felt somebody was critiquing me or maybe saying, you're not good enough. And I put all that work in. Um, so I don't think I could have handled that personally. And also, um, as much as I would have been able to handle the diet, the diet as well, I, I, like, I like my food. Yeah. In all honesty. That is, the, um, you know, I'm a competitive bodybuilder. My, my issue with our sport is it's subjective. So you can have 10 judges on the panel and five like how you're look, you look and five don't. So whereas, I mean, Eddie Hall said it best on his documentary with powerlifting. If you pick that bar up, you win. So yes. there's no subjectiveness. It's just a matter of strength feats. And if you lift it, you get points and you move up the leaderboard and you win. It's not subjective at all based on, obviously, somebody's opinion. It's much more in your hands as it, in, as it is in the judges' hands, which is why powerlifting it's an ever-growing sport and it's becoming more and more popular. Absolutely, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And it's, like, I was watching a few videos of it and um, and things like that, and I was, like, as nervous as... I was absolutely terrified on the day of my first comp. Uh, but, you know, it, as I just thought that I can do that. I want to do that. I love to lift. Like I say, it was, it's just you and the bar on the day, and that is it. That's that's all that matters, um, you know. There's there's yeah, there are judges there, but the judges just to make sure you're doing it right, um, you know. And if you do it right, then it's all good. It's you know you get you get the points, you know. You do the lift. I absolutely agree as well. Um, so currently, what are your current lifts then, Michelle? Right, I um well we ended up I, I did my last comp when did I do my last comp? December 2019, my third one. Um that didn't go as well as I wanted. So at the end of December, we decided to uh, do some lifts, um, just see where my actual strength had actually come. Um I would have known about going in for 110 for my squat, but I didn't. I ended up going, so I went 107.5 for my squats. Just for anyone um, listening abroad, this is kilos. Kilos, sorry, kilos. Yeah, you've yeah. got to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do have a few people actually say to me, sound kilos, yes. So 107.5 kilos for my squats, um, 62.5 for my bench. Um, I fe- unfortunately, on the day, I failed on the 65, but that was okay. I was, But I was really happy with 62.5, and it moved well, which was the important thing. So I was really happy with that. And then from a deadlift, um, and I did this on the day that we got all locked down on 30th of December. So um, I did a 142.5 for my deadlift. Fantastic. So what's your current body weight? 
Um, at the moment, I want it to come down a little bit, but it's 65. I am a 63 kilo lifter. Yeah. So at the moment, it's 65. It's probably one of the heaviest. I think it's all the food I keep eating, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so I am a 63 kilo lifter. I don't really like to be too above 63. I like to stay in and around it by a few kilos, just so when I do actually go into comp, there's not really much weight to lose if I need to lose any at all. So I don't like to really be too above 63, to be honest. So out of the three lifting categories, which one would you like to improve the most? Oh, um, ooh. Uh, well, at the moment, we're working on depth with my squat. So um, obviously the one that I absolutely, you know, was deadlifted just on the day. So I'm quite happy with deadlift. To be honest, I'm always improving on them all. It's, um, I can't really say any particular one, to be honest, Evan. It's all of them. So do you, have a, do you have a set weight for all three that you'd love to achieve? Oh, uh, well, yeah, we, we kind of have, um, I kind of work to, um, how can I put this? Um, what we feel that my actual one rep, one rep max would actually be. So we kind of work to that. So uh, we do kind of percentages and things like that. So for my squat, um, at the moment, obviously, I would have liked 110. So, you know, definitely 110 and more. For my bench, um, I would love six, 67 and a half. For my deadlift, 150. Yeah. Definitely. Brilliant. I mean, the fantastic goals to have a look at it and achieve. And I think working with percentages is a very popular way on periodizing people's programs. And on, on that note as well, in regards to your programs, how are yours periodized? Do you train for a number of weeks and then you have a deload or? Yeah, well, what we do is I have, um, I have a six week program. And but what she generally does it on a weekly basis because as you can imagine your life you know weekly life can change uh, from week to week so um, if she feels I need a deload and this is what's the really really important thing about a real you know a good coach or a good PT they can see that you need a good a deload um, she will actually slot that in that's, Even that's if based wasn't. on the feedback that you're giving them right Yes, yeah, yeah. based on the feedback, we generally have one maybe every six weeks or something like that, or she will scale it back a little bit for me. But yeah, so my programmes are generally every six weeks, um, but we generally look at it on a weekly basis. So there's a grey, uh, it seems to be a grey area there with your programming, you tend to have a sort of auto-regulatory approach to it based on how you feel and what your numbers are looking like. Um, well, no, we, we kind of, if, if, if she feels I've had, say, like a really bad week or a personal, you know, and then maybe she will look at it that particular week. But a deload is generally maybe every six weeks. But and then it also depends what I'm doing as well. Yeah. Uh, That's a sign, a sign of a very good coach. Very good the, indeed. <laughs> the adaptability to your clients is the most important thing because... Rule number one is adherence to the to the diet and the nutrition. Well, the the diet and the program itself. So if your client can't adhere to it, they they're just not going to do it. They're not going to progress. So if you can get the buy in from client to coach and deload them earlier or later than necessary based on the feedback, that's perfect. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, because it's 
obviously with everything going on and with COVID, you know, sometimes I've needed it. Sometimes I've been exhausted. And, you know, there's there's no point me, you know, exerting myself, um, you know, the week after if I'm absolutely exhausted. So sometimes it is needed. And I, I'm not going to lie, I have struggled sometimes with deload weeks because I feel like I'm not putting enough effort in. Yeah, see, um, so... How does your deload week work? Is it a seven-day period and you do, say, 50% of your lifts or is it literally like four or five whole days off? How, how do you run yours? Well, I train, I uh, weight train four, day, four times a week. And what she'll, just, what she'll do is, obviously, I'll still train four times a week, but we'll maybe just cut it back. Yeah, is there uh, a percentage that you cut back by? Uh, we may well. It depends again what I'm doing, and um, we we may just cut the reps down, the percentages down, or take out certain exercises. So it, it literally again just just depends, you know. Um, so does the does the load tend to stay the same, but you reduce the volume? Yeah, yeah, it it can do. Yeah, or like you say, or sometimes we'll just take exercises yeah. out of the. Yeah. So, what about things like uh, elbow sleeves, knee wraps, slingshots? Do you uh, obviously powerlifting belts, like lifting socks? Do you use all uh, all the gear, or do you use parts of it? Is the gear implemented into your program? Um, no, it's not. It, she doesn't actually state put this in. It's um, so I do have um, a belt. I do have the knee sleeves. I have, um, you know, the wrist straps. Um, I have squat shoes, and I also have uh, deadlifting, what we call deadlifting slippers. Um, so I, I use all them. Um, and obviously, if I'm say if I'm warming up for my squat and my deadlift, I will not use my belt. And then I'll use it when I kind of get to a certain weight range. So just to give you an example, if I am squatting and I'm going to squat a say 100 kilos, I may use it from um, warming up from about, say, 60, 70 kilos. And I won't put my knee sleeves on till then as well. I'll just kind of keep them. So I do warm up without my belt and without my knee sleeves. And then I'll pop them on a little bit further on. What about uh, slingshot? Have you ever used them or chains or bands? No, 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 I've never used any of them. You ever been interested no. in using them or I know it's a case of following your program to a T, but have you if that ever interested you? I've never really thought about it to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. I've I just see a lot of about. people in the gym increasing the benches, uh obviously and a lot of lifters doing the change just to add the torque element. Um and also for the eccentric movement side as well. Um, and I understand there's a lot of pros to using them. And it's just interesting talking to athletes from different calibers and seeing how how they increase their lifts and uh, what they're currently doing at the moment within the current mesocycles and how it's run. Okay. I know I have I have seen um, some powerlifters use them, but no, it's not something... If, if it was um, implemented into my program, yeah, I would definitely use it. Uh, but I personally have never used it before, but I have seen all the powerlifters that I follow on Instagram use it. Yeah. Well, currently, but, yeah. obviously, well, you're reaping the rewards of the, the the coach and the program that you've got. So why implement something 
based on the program that's working. Don't change anything that's working. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so um, what would you class as your best meets? What powerlifting meet sticks out to you the most? Ooh. Uh, hmm. My third one didn't go as well as I would have liked. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself on the third one. So I'd probably say the second, my second one, um, probably went the best. That was April 2019. And I think it was also really good as well because we had, um, we were sat with, there were a few of us as well. So there were a bit of um, a buzz about it as well, to be honest. Um, and I hit all of my, I didn't hit all my lifts. I hit eight out of my nine lifts. Then I come out with, um, I think I've come out with two PBs as well. So probably my second one, to be honest. Uh, my first one, I was terrified. Yeah, I was going to say, do you <laughs> but, think that's a mixture of, obviously, your first one, you're terrified and you're new to it, so maybe technique was here, there and everywhere. Your second one, you had the experience and you were a lot more relaxed with it and confident. But then your third one, most likely, is you, you place a lot of pressure on yourself because now it's not just experiences. Obviously, your lifts have dramatically shot up in between each meet. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Uh, to be honest, on the day, um, I was I was almost like I was shaking. It was almost, it was also, I think it was, what, December as well. And um, I'd had, before I went in, I'd had, my shoulder was playing up because, um, I suffer with, uh, and my left shoulder's got an impingement in my shoulder. And then I've also got, um, sometimes my right hip plays up as well. So we've had to do a lot of work on that. And I've been really, really struggling with my shoulder. My shoulder had been really playing up. We'd uh, changed a little bit of my, um, when the bar was actually on my back. Uh, so we're doing a bit of twisting. So to be honest, I've lacked a bit of confidence when I went into that particular competition in all honesty and I think I let it bother me too much and I did put a lot of pressure on myself uh, because I missed my last squat um, which I, I was gutted about I'm not gonna lie and um, I really were um, so yeah so and it did it did yeah I did luckily I did reflect a lot upon that particular competition a lot of good came out of it as well um, you know, reflecting on the day and what happened on the day. Um, so, yeah, definitely a lot of pressure on myself on the third contest. So for anyone who hasn't been to a powerlifting meet or competition, um, how would you break it down in experience? Like, talk to me from start to finish. What happens when you arrive and then throughout the whole process, Michelle? Okay, so um, on the day, um, you firstly uh, weigh in. Definitely, you need to weigh in. Um, just to make sure that obviously you're in, because when you apply for it, because obviously you have to apply for it, um, and obviously you get a place and everything. So you weigh yourself in, and once you've weighed yourself in, you're then given your membership number, and then it's just a case of um, waiting, really. Um, you'll find out where you're positioned and everything like that. Um, and you start warming up. But what happens is it doesn't go, because obviously there's all different weight classes. Um, so there's all, yes, there's all different weight classes, uh, but you don't go by weight class. When you're actually going for the lifts, it's more of a case of, um, you know, what you're actually lifting. So a 57 kilo lifter 
uh, may be actually lifting more than a 72 kilo lifter. But you also have categories as well. So there's maybe say like a category A um, and they'll all lift. And then you'll have um, a category B and then they'll all lift. So is it a lot of waiting around on the day? Yeah, yeah. So um, the actual on the day, you have, um, it consists of three squats, three bench and three deadlifts. Um, so uh, what will happen is your category, so like you say, you generally only got two, maybe three categories. So your category A, they will do the first, they will do, do their um, squats. And then once they're done, you're, um, you cat- you, you'll then go away and then your category B, they'll all go do their squats. And then category A will come back, they'll do the bench and so on and so forth. But yeah, there, there is a lot of waiting around, but you can imagine you need to do a lot of warming up as well. So you need to warm up uh, before you actually start your squats. And then, um, and then obviously, again, before your bench and then before your deadlifts. But while generally the other category around, you, that's when you'll kind of eat and things like that. There's a lot of eating going on as well. So a lot of in, in, in the background, whilst other people are doing your lifts, is there a lot of uh, equipment to be doing your warm-ups on for everyone? Yeah, generally. Obviously, um, from myself, um, the generally gyms that I've gone to, um, so yeah, the, there are there are there is stuff for you to uh, warm up on. Um, there's plenty of normally benches. You may have to share, uh, which is fine, but everybody's in there for the same reason. So, the you know everybody is really nice generally to one another. So if you have to share, you have to share. It's not the end of the world. It's just a case of you know you might have to make things lower, higher, or you know take uh, plates off. But that's about it. To be yeah, honest. well that's really good because from show to show you find that there's the ones that keep themselves to the cells there's ones that wear the headphones all the time that no one talks to them there's ones that are dead dead chatty um do you get that a lot in powerlifting yeah definitely um yeah absolutely i'm kind of i do like a good talk uh but when i am actually going in for my lifts I am one of those people who obviously who like to put my music on um, and I'll kind of just ignore everybody. That's how I focus. Um, Everybody, you know, everybody's different. I know um, there is uh, one girl who uh, competed in Worlds and she reads a book and sucks on a lollipop, (laughs) you know. um, I know uh, my coach has somebody who um, I believe meditates. It's, It's whatever kind of gets you in that zone. It completely just... You know, everybody is so different. Most people listen to music, but there are some people who don't. Some people don't listen to any music and just talk to themselves. It's it's a preference. It's entirely a preference as to what you And want again, to do. for the people listening that don't know, I take it for your actual lift, the one that's being judged, that it's no music equipment allowed. That's, yes, that's, uh, that's correct, yeah. Um, obviously, there's music, you know, in the background, because um, as you can imagine, obviously, they've got to referee, so they uh, give you commands, so you need to be able to hear the commands. Yeah, chalk on your back aloud for the so. squats. Yes, yes, there is, yes, I think that then, yes. Straps on your wrists. Yes, yes, and belt and sleeves. Right, so that, that's uh, really good. It's a really good insight towards your sport and the... Um, how competition day tends to unfold. What happens then 
if you don't meet your weight? Oh, um, I'm going to make the, I've never really, um, I'm assuming you get put maybe in the next weight category. I've never really come across that. Yeah, the one ever. above. Um, yeah, I'm going to make that assumption. Um, I've never really, personally, no, it's never really a question I've been, um, I've actually asked myself. So I think maybe it depends how much you're over by. Yeah. You know, if you're over by a bit. But I think maybe if you're only over by 0.5, if it's something like Worlds, I can imagine they're a lot stricter, but I really don't know, Evan. I'm going to make the assumption that you go into the next category if you're over by yeah. quite a lot. No, that's absolutely fine. It's just the same happens in bodybuilding. If you don't meet the uh, weight category, even if it's by half a pound, unfortunately, you're in the one above and then you're in dangerous territory then. So obviously the ones above you are like five, yeah. six kilos heavier. Um, so it becomes, <laughs> you know, like a... Uh, a small fish in a big pond then yeah yeah definitely after my weight category it's not like i'm a 63 it's then 72 so that's you know and generally what happens is the girls you're generally always at the top end of your weight category you don't want to be you know you don't want to be a 63 kilo lifter and go in at 60 kilos you might as well you know you want to be at the top end you want to be your strongest so you always make sure you're at the top end of uh, yeah. your weight. So for um, the listeners who, who don't know you, Michelle, it is uh, you are, well, for starters, drugs are rife within bodybuilding and powerlifting. Um, myself and Michelle are actually uh, drug-free or natural athletes, as some people um, like to call it. Uh, we've got many, many friends who uh, do take uh, PEDs, but, Michelle, for you, why did you decide to stay on the um, drug-free side? Oh, to be honest, Evan, I've never... It hasn't even crossed my mind. It is not anything I've ever entertained. It's just the knowledge of knowing that everything I do, I've done through hard work. And not that, you know, I know people who take stuff and I'm not disputing, you know, they put hard work in, absolutely. I have no problems with anybody taking anything. You know, it's a personal preference. It's just never something I wanted to entertain. Um, I just wanted to know that any effort I put in was just on Yeah, there was no sort of assistance uh, or obviously uh, enhancements going on. It's all based on knowledge and programming, periodization and hard work. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, I I completely agree with what you said, because the only difference with the guys that are using PEDS is is they've just added that into the equation because all of the ones that I know who are ridiculously good at their sport are exactly the same as me, apart from the use enhancements. So they just take it. they They add sort of another piece of fruit to the fruit bowl if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's just that little bit of an edge, isn't it, to be honest. But um, I think I think it's a preference. And as a woman also, you know, there's, you know, it's just as a woman as well. I didn't want to take it. It's just, I, in all honesty, it's never even entertained. It's never even something I've even thought about, yeah. to be honest, Evan, is taking anything. So um, would you no, like to mention the um, governing bodies in which you compete for and, how, you know, how do they regulate their testing for their athletes? 
I've never actually personally been tested. I think it's more at the higher end. It's the um, it's the GBF. Um, my coach obviously has been uh, tested. Um, as far as I'm aware, um, it is the um, I think it's uh, urine that they take. Urine analysis, um, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's more possibly at the higher end. I personally haven't actually been tested, um, you know, but I know when um, obviously people have been caught, they have been caught. Obviously, I have had emails um, where people have actually been caught. Obviously, they've been, you know, they can't compete anymore, you know. So it is a case of if you want to be in a division where it is drug free, then just yeah, don't take simple. any, um, you know, yeah, especially when you get to the top end, because you know you will get caught. You, you know. So what does the GBF um, stand for? You know, people. Do you know what? <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm not. Um, I've got my card somewhere. <laughs> Can we come back to that? Of one, course, Evan? that's a uh, massive kick in their teeth, isn't it? They could have got a shout out there. Nice little plug for um, their sector. Yeah. So who uh, who inspires you within your training sector? Who, well, obviously, my coach, definitely, um, 110%. Um, I follow um, a few actual powerlifters. Um, there are um, there are a few that I follow on Instagram and also ones that I've met. Um, there was one at my, I think it was my first competition, and we're, st we're still keeping touch, actually. She went to uh, Euros. Um, it's um, Sinead. Um, and she's that, like me. She's a mum of. Oh no, she's not a mum of two. She's a mum of four. By any chance? From, yes, it is. You know her. Yeah. You? Shout out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've a lot of respect for her. Uh, we've got a respect for all powerlifters, to be honest. Um, but yeah, she's she's obviously um, she's somebody that I met, and she went to Euros. Um, I think it was beginning of last year. Oh God, there's there's lots of people I follow on Instagram. To be honest, I'm in absolute awe of powerlifters. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, again, massive respect for all powerlifters out there. Um, and you know, you can tell that there's so much passion. You know, people love it. It's well, what's it's, brilliant uh, yeah. about uh, our so, industry uh, is obviously it's a very small world, which is why an ocean aid and Hopefully we can get Sinead on the show as well. But even um, Hakan, her coach, Hakan Burton, he's from Burnley as well. Um, just basically met Hakan and uh, got on with him and um, exchanged a few stories as well and um, talking about our futures and where we see ourselves going. So we'll have to try and get Hakan on as well and break down how he periodizes um, such a great athlete's programme. Okay, sorry, Evan, you brought up a couple oh, of okay. there. I was just basically mentioning um, Sinead's uh, coach, Hakan, um, who I've just basically right. met and discussed a few things with, and I was just saying that I'd uh, really like to get both Sinead and Hakan on the show and see see how they periodise and how they do things, especially because they are from Berlin themselves. Ah right, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that that'd certainly uh, be an, that'd certainly be good, a good podcast, most definitely. So if um, if someone is new to the powerlifting journey, how would you 
advise somebody to get into it? Um, personally, um, find a good coach. Um, definitely find a good coach. You can do it without, but it's just, it's all the programming, in all honesty. And, um, and on the day as well, again, you can go by yourself on the day, um, but it's, it's having that somebody behind you, motivating you, um, you know, knowing exactly what you need. Um, so my best recommendation would be, first and foremost, Fantastic. Is there any, is there any, Definitely. if somebody didn't want to get a coach or couldn't necessarily afford one, is there any sort of um, platform, you know, uh, on Instagram or any tools out there that you would say helped you in the beginning? I personally haven't actually found any, but I can imagine there would be plenty out there if you actually Googled it. Um, there's also, um, if you go on YouTube as well, there's also competitions you can look at. And I am just, and also if you go on the uh, British Powerlifting website, um, which I'm just looking at now, that actually gives you an idea also of uh, things that happen on the day or there's, um, questions on there as well you know if you've got any questions and most that likely there's articles um, to read as well yes yeah there's uh, there's plenty of articles as well out there most definitely and um I can imagine if you probably um, have a look around Google and things like that. There are, well, I know I know there are powerlifting programs um out there most Brilliant. definitely. So just touching base on what we did before, which is uh, your injuries, your shoulder and your hip. Um, how have you got around to managing them, um, being a woman who lifts quite a, um, a, a decent amount of weight? Right. Well, I'll start with my shoulder first. I mean, impingement in my shoulder. Um, I did go, I'm, I'm not at the moment going to a physio, but I did go to a physio um a very good physio and we've had to do i've had to do a lot of uh, work on it a lot of mobilizing so exercises on it um so and i've had to do them daily i still do them now i've been doing them for oh over two years and i still implement them now um i do do so i do mobility every single day without fail uh, probably don't do it as much as I should. So I've been going to a physio and obviously he's been, but the main thing is when you've got injuries and I've had many conversations is what happens is they think physios, unfortunately, are going to fix them and that's it. But unfortunately, you have to put in the work as the person. You have to do the actual exercises to actually improve the injury or what, you know. Um, so I have, um, obviously I've done these exercises that he's given me over the years and it has helped improved on my actual shoulder. It does still flare up every now and then, but overall it's really good. There's not really anything and, there uh, now. What handles can your physio be found at for anyone in the local area? Right, well, he's not, obviously, he, he was um, at the uh, UCLan. It's um, Adam. Don't know his second name. I can't remember his second name. Uh, but it's Adam at um, you know uh, UCLan, the right, Preston okay. University. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. And what about your hip? My hip, right? It was um, I'm a piriformer, and um, so again we had to do. Um, I had to do things like um, clams, um, butt bridges, and then single leg butt bridges. 
um, to kind of help with that and strengthen it. Uh, we also found out that my um, hamstrings were rather weak just through him kind of tweaking and fe you know feeling around or doing certain exercises with me. So um, through that, we kind of also realised that my hamstrings were a lot weaker. So you know it was quite bit good because there was also Bobby's physio as well. You see, so they kind of had feedback as well to one another. Um, so that was really good as well. So, but yeah, with my actual hip, I've just again had to do a lot of exercises on it to help help strengthen it. And um, that does flare up every now and then. But I also do suffer with tight hip flexors. Um, QA, I have to do. A so lot obviously, on top work. of your three main lifts in your programming, you have to do accessory work. Uh, was that sort of work put into your accessory work to do in your program, or was that left separate? Um, no, well, what? Well, she gives me um, obviously. So before I actually go and lift, um, I generally go and uh, mobilise my body, so to say. That generally takes about twenty minutes. So I might do a little bit of foam rolling. And then I'll warm up with things like, again, like butt bridges, clams, um, cat dogs, um, lunges. So I'll generally do that. But I also do a little bit in the morning when I wake up. Um, I'll do a little, I'll do about 20 minutes mobilisation. Um, generally, again, things like clams, butt bridges, just to mobilise my body. Because um, obviously with lifting, you do find you become a little bit stiff and things like that. So uh, just kind of wake your body up really and mobilise it. Uh, but it's generally my warm-up that I use also for uh, my morning Yeah, fantastic. So have you ever developed a sort of liking to anything like yoga and Pilates or is it all in mobility work because it's incredibly specific? Um, to be honest, I do really like yoga and I did I did actually do a lot more yoga than uh, what I'd like, you know, than what I do now. I might sporadically do it, uh, but I've just uh, started working. I work a lot more hours than I used to, uh, so I had a bit more time then uh, but I do genuinely enjoy yoga and um, it's more home yoga if I do anything and um, you know I'll click on YouTube that kind of thing and I'd, um, I'd just do a bit of yoga at home and um, I'm not super flexible but I'll have a good go I at it. I completely understand what you mean there. Um, so Michelle I think that's a very <laughs> very um, fantastic insight into yourself as a, an athlete and also the sport the sport and which you've decided to love and put so much time and effort into. Um, obviously, I see you on a regular basis when the gyms are actually open, but I want to wish you all the best of luck, and I want to say thank you very much for coming on to the show and sharing experiences and knowledge for those people listening who can take a little bit from this. So thank you for that. Thank you very much for, for having me, Evan. Thank I you, do Michelle. appreciate Take it. care. And it's been great.